You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Oh, my. We're back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. It's our CHL Insider segment brought to you by the store next door out in uh, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Uh, we'll, uh, I'll tell you about them afterwards. we got to get Mike in because uh, Mike's not the voice of the uh, London Knights. You can hear those games on uh, Global News Radio at 980 CFPL. Uh, he's also the host of uh, London Live from 1 to 3 weekdays on that same radio station. Mike, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Hey, great to be here. Thanks, Guy. Well, I appreciate uh, you taking the time today. Uh, I, I, for the listeners' uh, benefit, uh, we're squeezing this in during your show, aren't we? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, no, don't worry. I, I can find ways to be uh, in two places at once. All right, perfect. Uh, well, I wanted to get you on because it's timely for, you know, a little selfish reason with uh, the news of Dylan Miskew and making his debut for the Knights. But the Knights themselves are enjoying a nice little turnaround after a bit of a slow start. Uh, they've won, well, they've got points in uh, their last six games, but the uh, 5-0-0-1 record in that stretch. Uh, seems like uh, they've turned a corner here. What's What's changed? You know what? People love to debate the CHL rankings that come out. And this year, especially, it seems whoever hits that number one, all of a sudden they'll lose once or lose twice on a weekend. And somebody new will get to be at the top of the ranking. So I think the Knights started the year in that number one ranking and everybody went, whoa, okay, all right, this is the team to watch. When in actuality, they had four guys graduate on defense and four key guys. One just got his first NHL goal with the Blackhawks. Evan Bouchard is a first-round pick of the Edmonton Oilers. They had another guy, Will LeHead, who was an overage player and had a ton of grit. And they had Joey Keane, who's now with the New York Rangers organization. So when you graduate those four guys, it's going to take a little while to reform that defense core. And the Knights made moves to do that, but they did bring in quite a bit of youth. So Mark Hunter, their general manager, who's also the GM of Team Canada for the World Juniors, said at the beginning of the year, as he often does, I don't want to see my team and evaluate my team after the first weekend or the second weekend. He said, give it a couple months. I need to see what this team looks like in a couple of months. And we aren't even through that couple of months just yet. But, yeah, you're right. They've picked up 11 of a possible 12 points, and they're doing the things that the Knights find ways to do. Well, I have to ask you, obviously, uh, burying the lead from our uh, perspective out here in Alberta, but Dylan Miskew uh, now with the London Knights. And you mentioned that uh, the Hunters wanted to see how the the team looked for the first little bit. Obviously, they felt they needed to, to make a change at the goaltender position. How did it all come about that Dylan Miskew is now a Knight? Well, I think they were looking around, and the the one thing they had was a real unique competition coming in for the backup job to Jordan Coy, who's also involved in this story. He's a draft pick of the Vegas Golden Knights, and you had two goalies coming in, one by the name of Brett Brochu, another by the name of Matt Anushka, who at lower levels as 16-year-olds had basically taken over the number one job in net. And it wasn't expected, but they were just, they were that good. And these two came in competing for the backup job and they were really good. And Brett Brochu started earning starts as a 17 year old, kind of like what he'd done last year. He had a shutout and he was making these big saves that were bringing the crowd out of their seats. And so that sort of thing was happening. And it wasn't fair for Jordan Coy to not be getting starts. He's a guy who's 19. He's playing for a contract. He needs to be out there and in the net. And so I think it, it kind of came about that the Sarnia Sting had the number one waiver selection. Dylan Miskew did not get claimed by a team in the Western Hockey League. So the Sarnia Sting thought, well, it gives them four goalies on their roster, but 
somebody might want this guy. And so they claimed him. And then eventually the London Knights decided to make a swap. They were really impressed by how Dylan Miskew had played last year in going all the way to the Eastern Conference Final against Prince Albert and in playing as well as he did for the Edmonton Oil Kings. And so they thought, you know, this this gives that little extra bit of playoff savvy and an overage goaltender, and they made that deal. And Dylan Miskew came in on on the first night that he put on a Knights uniform, and this you know wasn't supposed to play out like this at all. Um, I remember talking before the game with some Knights personnel and, and talking about when he might make his first start, and they thought, well, we want to make sure that, that he's settled in because – with the waiver transaction, he hasn't been able to be on the ice very much. So, yeah, probably not tonight. And then all of a sudden, he is in the net in the third period. And that was just to, to shake things up and gets the win in overtime and didn't allow a goal. And then in his next start, he picked up a 5-1 win. So he was good last night. Like, I haven't, uh, the sample size has been small. He didn't have many shots against him, yep. but he stopped a two on O against Erie. And then, uh, and then last night, yeah, he, he competes. And that's what the Knights love. So things are going well for Dylan Miskew, long story short. And that 5 1 win on Sunday was against the, uh, the first place uh, club in the, uh, in the league on the road in Oshawa against the Generals. And, um, so a pretty, uh, impressive debut there for him as well. Um, now, also contributing to this turnaround for the Knights, uh, I mean, Connor McMichael's uh, just playing out of his mind right now. 34 points in 14 games as you and I are having this discussion. And he does so many things. They're, the points are great, but if you look at what he does in being able to get the puck out of his zone or in coming back and really helping out, because I mentioned the young defense core, the London Knights are relying a lot on Usually they're centermen, but it depends on which forward on the ice. But somebody to really come back down low and help out those defensemen in and around their net. And McMichael has been so adept at doing that. He just has this sixth sense. He's one of those players. You see them all the time in hockey, and and you think, how do they know? How do they know that that's where the play is going? How do they know that that's where the puck is going? He's one of those guys. And when he gets a chance to put a puck in the net, He's been doing that too. So he had eight points last week and was not named player of the week. He had another eight points in two games this week, and he just has been named OHL player of the week. So the Washington Capitals have a great one there. Is there any concern that he has almost twice as many points as anybody else on the team that, you know, if he has an off night or something that, you know, that the Knights go as McMichael goes, you know, how, how some, <laughs> some people will look at it like that. Is there any concern in that regard? Kind of like a McDavid, Dreisaitl, Neal sort of situation yeah. scenario in Edmonton? Yeah. No, I don't think so, because the Knights are getting production from all four lines. It's just McMichael is that much of a catalyst. He went out and he had six points in a game recently, and he was the first London Knight. How's this for, I don't know whether it's irony. I think it sounds like irony, but how's this for uh, for a little statistical road where you have Connor McMichael who gets six points. The last London Knight to get six points in a game was Robert Thomas, and he did it in a year in which the London Knights traded Thomas to Hamilton for Connor McMichael. It's poetic. I, maybe that's what it is. Poetry. <sighs> you know, it's funny when I mentioned that, like, the, he's got so much more points than anybody else on the team. There's what five or six guys who are point per game players. So it's not like uh, guys are struggling. It's just maybe more of an indication of how. Uh, 
how McMichael has been uh, so uh, prolific in his scoring. Um, tell me about uh, the Ryan Merkley edition uh, this year. I know it happened very early in the season. There were a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of attention for Ryan Merkley. And um, how does he fit into London? And, and uh, why did the Knights feel that was a, a good trade for them to make? Well, when you look at his skill level, I don't know how you turn that down. And sure, a lot has been made about Ryan Merkley off the ice or around teammates. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, this guy is a competitive guy. This guy likes to win. And that can sometimes, in the world in which we live, I think that can sometimes maybe rub people the wrong way. And I'm, I'm trying to think about what it might be, because any dealings that anybody's had in London with Ryan Merkley have been incredibly positive. And on the ice, he's working to improve the parts of his game that need to be improved. In his most recent game, he probably played his best game as a London Knight. And it wasn't because he racked up five points, because he can do that. He can do that, you know, at any given time. But the way that he's playing in his own zone, he's added a real physical element to his game over the last couple of weeks and is really doing a good job along the wall when he's skilled enough that he can kind of stand outside a pile in junior and use his stick and just kind of go doink and knock the puck free, pick it up and be at the blue line before the guys along the wall realize the puck is gone. So he is just so incredibly skilled. But, you know, I think it maybe is that competitiveness that he's worn on his sleeve that has been talked about so much. And if it's in, used in the right way, it can be a, a really healthy ingredient. And so far, he's been a really good addition to the London Knights. Mike Stubbs, voice of the Knights, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. He's a CHL insider this week. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about the rest of the OHL, but before we leave the Knights, who else uh, deserves some uh, some recognition here during our conversation for the way they've played here as of late? A guy that does deserve some great recognition is a guy whose rights just got moved. Mm-hmm. He was a prospect of the Detroit Red Wings, and now he's a prospect of the Chicago Blackhawks, and that's Alec Regula. And he was traded in a swap of OHLers for Brendan Perlini. And Alec Regula is playing some of his best hockey. I mean, he's somebody that has just seemed destined to play for the Red Wings. His dad was the dentist for the Detroit Red Wings and actually had to fix Basil McRae's teeth after a fight one night when Basil McRae was with the Detroit Red Wings. Basil McRae, after his NHL career finished, got into a number of things. But one of the things he is, is a part owner of the London Knights and was a general manager of the London Knights who drafted Alec Regula. How crazy is that one? But Alec Regula was somebody who spent some time in the Red Wings dressing room, grew up, believe it or not, as he watched Steve Eiserman walk around and then Nick Lidstrom walk around, Pavel Datsuk, Henrik Zetterberg, as he was a young hockey player himself, really idolized Valtteri Filpula and got to go to training camp with him this year. So it's just, it's been a story for him to kind of grow up to be a Red Wing one day, and an injury kept him out of the preseason with the Red Wings. Well, now he's going to try and do the same sort of thing with the Chicago Blackhawks. But blocking shots, he's somebody that, again, has that good awareness. He moves really well for a six foot four player and is somebody that just has, you know, has that, hey, there's something special about this guy. And usually when you see that at the junior level, it means this guy can play at the next level. And I think Alec Regula is really showing himself to be uh, to be ready to do that very soon. Mike, it's a bit of a weird year in the OHL, isn't it? I look at the uh, the goals for in the conference, the Sioux Greyhounds. Nobody has scored more than the Sioux Greyhounds in the entire OHL right now. And they're dead last in the uh, in the 
in, in the Western Conference. Uh, and then the next best uh, team offensively is the Sarnia Sting, and they're the next worst uh, team in the conference. And it's mind-boggling. It's a, it's a real bizarre stat. No easy nights in the Western Conference, and it's kind of been that way for a long time. But you're right. Sault Ste. Marie, not too long ago, was at the top of the conference. Now they're at the bottom, and you'll see that the points in between aren't all that big. And the Sarnia Sting came out this year. They lost their first seven games. Mm -hmm. And and that was one of the reasons why they were able to pick up Dylan Miskew on waivers. They were the first team picking. Nobody else was winless in the Canadian Hockey League. And then starting went out and won five in a row. So the Western Conference is incredibly tight. I don't know who misses the playoffs in the Western Conference. Uh, I don't think we can tell right now. In the Eastern Conference, you have at least four, you could probably argue five teams that are really kind of in a rebuild this year. And one of the reasons why the Oshawa Generals sit in first place overall may be that they've had a an easier schedule to start. They're still a very good hockey team, but their record may not stay at the same ratio wins and losses that it's at right now because they've had some some easier Eastern Conference teams to play. So, yeah, it's it's a strange year in that the West is an absolute dogfight, as it a lot of times is, but the East is a little bit more wide open, and you've got, like I say, half the conference that could be saying, yeah, this year's not our year. We're going to build for another year. Interesting season, that's for sure. The Knights are back in action on a Friday night hosting the North Bay Battalion. Again, you can hear those games on Global News Radio 980 CFPL with the voice of the Knights, Mike Stubbs. Mike, thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Gee, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was Mike Stubbs, the voice of the uh, London Knights. Uh, thanks, for uh, Mike, for stopping by. And again, as uh, I had that interview with Mike, I think it was Tuesday, I want to say. Uh, obviously, a uh, game... That game on Friday that we were uh, previewing already happened. Uh, last night, the London Knights uh, outlasting the North Bay Battalion. 4-3, the final score. Notable, the shots on net, 50-17 to in favor of London. Just a one-goal uh, game there, though. Uh, and uh, Connor McMichael scoring the winner with just uh, a minute and five seconds left to go in the third period. Ryan Merkley with a couple of goals. I watched the uh, highlights of that game, and um, both Merkley's goals were pretty nice, and the three goals that did get past uh, Dylan Miskew, uh, tough ones, at least watching them on just the, the highlights that uh, are provided on the OHL's website. Maybe different angles show a different story, but I don't think uh, Miskew would have been happy with uh, any of those goals, although one of them was uh, a tip and uh, looked like he might have been screened, but uh, nevertheless... We go from uh, one CHL insider to another, and uh, it doesn't get any better than Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet. He's up next to talk about the Canada-Russia series and also his 2020 draft rankings at sportsnet.ca. Let's talk to Sam next here on the Pipeline Show. And up comes Trankovic. He's got speed. Trankovic breakaway to the backhand. Scores! Max Trankovic is second of the season, and it's 2-1. I'm Maxim Trankovic of the St. John Sea Dogs, and this is the Pipeline Show. From the organization that brought you Mark Messier, Matt Benning, and Ian Mitchell, Spruce Grove Saints Junior A Hockey is officially back for the 2019-2020 season with all the action taking place at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. 
with tickets starting at just $15 per person, AJHL Hockey provides some quality entertainment. For more information, visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca.